Hi everyone, and welcome to the Never Too Late with Blake podcast, where you guys, the listeners, will join me on a journey with my guests. My aim with this podcast is to provide practical and useful information and tips to help you all on your self-improvement journey. So let's get started. Well, welcome back to the Never Too Late podcast, everyone. Today I've got a very special guest and someone that's very close to me in terms of my golf and life and someone that's been mentoring me and coaching me with my golf for the last oh, sort of 6, 12, 18 sort of months. So um, I'm really grateful and lucky to have Dean on the podcast today and um, very excited to see what we're going to delve into. So thanks so much for coming on, Dean. Thanks, mate. It's a good introduction. I you know, I'm, uh, hope I live up to your expectations. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I find whenever we're at golf together, we sort of go quite deep into certain things and find ourselves always talking um, whether it is about golf or about life and how we can be better people so I thought it'd be great to have you on and sort of delve into that but um, yeah if you could sort of give the listeners a bit of background about yourself and I like to sort of start there and then we can go deeper from there but um, yeah just a little bit of background about yourself and um, how you got to where you are now please. Yeah sure mate Um, look uh, you know I've never really known what I wanted to do in my life, which is probably a, a big statement, um, you know, given that currently I'm, you know, regarded reasonably highly in the uh, coaching world in golf. But, uh, you know, I didn't, didn't know what I wanted to do when I left school. I, you know, did a Bachelor of Science degree, wanted to be a doctor, I thought. Um, I've always been interested in that sort of, uh, you know, did the medical science subjects, you know, all the physio... Uh, physiology, anatomy, biochemistry, all that type of thing. And I found that fascinating and I still do. And then when I finished my degree, I I sort of, you know, didn't know what I wanted to do. And I started caddying for a mate of mine who was a golf pro. And I played golf. Golf was one of my many sports that I played. And, you know, I I managed to get down to, you know, a one handicap, never had any lessons because I think I was a good, you know, reasonably good sportsman. So I picked it up pretty quickly. But but then I started caddying and I thought, gee, oh, these guys really aren't that good. I reckon I should give golf a go. And then I, so I did my apprenticeship and, uh, and, and I started playing. And I, I had no interest in doing anything other than playing at the time. And, uh, but I realised, gee, I had a lot to learn. And so I hired all the best coaches that I possibly could. I looked around the country and at that stage, Steve Bann was um, coaching Robert Allenby and Stuart Appleby. And he was you know, very highly regarded. He was a VIS head coach um, at the time. And I... I lived in Sydney and I travelled down to Melbourne to see him and, and thought that was the right thing to do and I, you know, sought out the best psychologist, the best physical trainer. I was seeing, you know, Ryan Lumsden back then when he first started doing biomechanics and he's regarded you know, as one of the best in the world now. Matt Green, who's one of the best physios in the world. So I had all these unbelievable team of people that and, and I was just paying for them out of my own money, you know, and and, and, you know, so I, I sort of deep dived into trying to improve myself. And, and I think that really helped. Um, it certainly helped my coaching philosophy now because I think, you know, the, the best players, um, and I'd put you in that category, you know, seek. Now, they know that it's more than just the golf swing. They know it's more than just playing, you know, uh, learning about golf. Yeah, if you're going to be elite in anything in the world, I think you – you have to have the mindset of I'm trying to improve myself. I've got growth. You know, it's one of my you know one of my values. But I think all the people that I work with, 
and certainly the people that I know that are successful have that um, have that type of mindset. So, look, you know, it's a long-winded way of saying I don't really know how I fell into this. It just my philosophy in life is trying to do the best best thing I can. Um, I, I think one of the quotes I've given you before, mate, is. Uh, you know, excellence is the next five minutes. And I really like that one. I don't know where I pinched it from, but, but you know, I try to be excellent, you know, in the moment. And, uh, and from that, things have just happened for me. I, I don't, I'm not really a goal setter. I, I know that's a bit weird. I don't say, gee, I'd like to be here in five years or there in five, mm. ten years. I, I, I honestly just do as well as I possibly can, you know, with the person that's in front of me. I try to be very present. So far, that's sort of worked out okay for me. Yeah, well, that's definitely held you in good stead. But I guess from what I know about you and going back to your school days, you were, I think, captain of the rugby team and achieved really well in your academic side of things. So was that sort of the hard work sort of young guy that you were at the time and now it's sort of progressed into this coaching side of things? Yeah, look, um, that's true. You know, I did reasonably well academically. You know, I was captain of... Um, you know, a, a very strong rugby school in Sydney. And, um, you know, I loved rugby I lo- and I loved all sports and I was in the first 11 cricket as well. I, I mean, I, and I, I played representative rugby league, uh, rugby union. Um, and look, I, I think w- one of the interesting things, you know, that I've learnt, um, everybody used to th- always tell me how talented I was. Oh, you know, you just pick up things and you just get it. You know, but I, I remember going, you know, as a kid, working incredibly hard at my skills in rugby. I, you know, even when before I started school, Dad said that I'd just play by myself in the backyard, and I'd, you know, I'd play all three grades of, you know, I knew every player, and I'd learnt to count by counting up the tries and goals and things like that. And I, I think, you know, even when I started as I was a boarder at this boarding school in Sydney, and I, and I'd never played pool before. Um, and we had this massive snooker, or snooker, and we had this massive snooker, full size snooker table in the in the boarding house. And and one of the guys asked me to play snooker, and I thought, geez, I've never played before, and I, I was, you know, didn't even know the rules or anything. And then, but I practiced and pra- like everyone would go to bed, and I'd be down in the rec room practicing, 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 and try, you know, and to try and be really good at it. And then a couple of weeks later, the same guy asked me to have a game with him, and I said, yeah, yeah, I'll have a game with you, and you know, and I just wiped the floor with him, and he said, oh, I can't <laughs> believe you've never played before, and. I, and yeah, it was good for my ego, but but really, it was because I worked incredibly hard at it. And I, I'm a big believer that there's, you know, you might be born with longer arms or you know, you know, a genetic propensity to be fast or something. But really, it all comes down to you know how much attention you put into something. Um, and and you know, I suppose that's what I you know, I think we all do that to some degree. We try and you know what's worked you know, what you see works in yourself, um, you know, certainly you advocate that for other people. I think it's just human nature. But but I certainly see that as an attribute of all the, you know, all the best people that I work with. They may have, you know, the nature-nurture argument. I, I, I think, um, you know, the best people in the world that I know at what they do, they immerse themselves not only in terms of time, but they're really engaged with it and focused on their, you know, every single moment that they're in that activity. What I liked out of that was that it's the attention and I think so many people can say, oh, I put in hard work for eight to ten hours but if you actually look at it, you're probably focused with full attention for maybe three or four or not even. 
So you've been there a long time doing practice, whether that is golf or you're at work putting in eight hours. But attention-wise, you've only been there two or three hours. So it's really about that present moment, the attention and where that is focused. Yeah, for sure. And you, I suppose your intention is important as well. You know, before we even start, you know, what is my intention of what I'm trying to do? You know, I, I need to know what I'm attempting to achieve. Then I put my attention in there and then obviously reflection, you know, what went well, what didn't go well. Um, you know, I know you and I talk about the curiosity bit quite a bit. And I think that's a really important tool of, um, you know, just being curious about, gee, that was interesting. Why did that happen? You know, I thought I was trying to do this. That happened. Um, I wonder why. And sometimes you're not going to have the answer, but um, but if you're open to, you know, being aware of yourself and asking those sort of curious questions, you know, you'll be surprised how often you work things out yourself. Mm. I think whether that is for me with my golf being curious, or even if I'm walking down the street and I see so it's just walking with that and having that sense of curiosity always with you. It sort of takes a bit of an edge off, I think, and it allows you to sort of look at things in a different way and, and it probably brings you a little bit more back to that present moment because you're like, oh, look, that tree's doing this or the clouds are doing that because you're more curious about what's going on around you. Yeah, for sure. Look, I, I think, you know, it's a very... You know, it's not common in Western society to talk about these, you know, everyone wants to grind on things and work hard and all this sort of stuff. But, but you know, the, I've read a lot of, you know, good books on, um, you know, on this type of stuff. I remember a book I read a number of years ago called Thinking Body, Dancing Mind. And it was, it was all about that, about being intuitive and, you know, the sort of flow states and zen. And, and it was just, it was a fabulous book. It sort of got me thinking a lot more about, you know, not going out and trying to, you know, I mean, it sounds weird, but not trying to compete. You're not trying to beat someone. You're actually just trying to do the best you possibly can. And it's amazing how many times you win when you're trying to do the best that you possibly can. And it's it's irrelevant, really, what anyone else is doing. And you see more modern coaches, I think, are talking like that. Even football team, you know, the really successful football team coaches, yeah, everyone wants to win. Um, but how we go about that is really important. It's not just about the intention. You know, it's it's what have we got to do to, you know, Put ourselves in a position where we we can do our best and if that's good enough great and if it's not well i've got to work you know work on some some more stuff so it's more breaking it down into those achievable steps rather than i guess focusing solely on the outcome i think sometimes we can all get so fixed on this one point i want to do this i want to win this but if you break it down into the achievable steps that'll help you i guess put yourself in the right position to do that to become successful in that yeah look I, I think you know i said before i haven't really ever set goals but i think you know subconsciously you, you, you do and they're probably small goals like i said i, I wanted mm. to be better at snooker or i wanted to you know i think you know i'd like to you know break par or whatever it is in uh, in, in golf terms and, and you set goals but really it's about parking that in the background okay i've got this outcome goal that i like but it's it's then more about like we always say, you know, everybody talks about it, but but breaking it down into small things that are achievable, and uh, you know, how am I going to to do that? You know, where am I currently at? You know, what 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 is my thinking? You know, being honest with where you're at, um, having people in your team that challenge you and are honest with you, and you you know, you're not afraid to you know. I think there's a lot of um, coaches out there that tell people what they want to hear, you know, and and I think you know the best coaches are 
you know, one, they haven't got a, a, a big ego themselves. They, they don't need to be told that they're, they're great at stuff, but they also are willing to be honest with their students and say, you know, without fear of being sacked or, you know, I think that's one of the things I, I pride myself on. Well, I, I really don't tell people what they want to hear. I, yeah, I think if you're going to get the best out of people, you have to be honest and, and you can only do that. Yeah, there's a thing in high performance, they talk about the the care challenge balance and, uh, you know, you have to, you know, prove that you care about someone enough so you can challenge them. You know, you can't challenge someone without the care. Um, so it all, and the care always comes first. So, so someone has to really know that you've, you, you've got their back and then you can say, hey, mate, you know, you're not, you need to perform in this area. You need to put a bit more effort here or, you know, and I think that's a really good way of thinking about it. I think it is because then it shows that you are very interested in the athlete or the person you're working with. So they feel like, all right, this, like for example, you and I, I know that you really want to do what you can to help me and give me the best information possible. And I'm like, I'm going to listen to you because I can see that you're fully invested and you really do want the best for me. So it's, it's yeah, as you said, that care is so important. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, as I say, I, don't, I think it, it comes organically. You can't force it, um, mm. but I think it, it it comes from being, um, you know, confident in your in your own ability. I, I think as well. You know, you, you know, I think the the days, you know, of the rah rah type of coach. You know, I've got to motivate these people and I've got to, you know, push them hard. I mean, it's interesting. You see, like when you watch football teams and you see. Um, you know, I always think of Craig Bellamy. They, they, you know, when the other team scores a try, he's up in the box, you know, slamming the thing. <laughs> yeah. But that he's, you know, I've I've met Craig before, and he's, you know, an unbelievably caring coach. And the reason he gets so emotional about it is because he cares about his players genuinely so much. And that's why the Melbourne Storm have been such a juggernaut and successful franchise. I mean, they're, you know, and and that's a very common theme amongst the great coaches of in any sport you know there's many examples of those Phil Jackson in basketball and you know obviously the All Blacks and you know but but they're great individual coaches as well they all have that that uh, attribute that they genuinely care and they and they look outside of their own you know sport and their own world to to try and grow and, and be better themselves um, you know so they can be better for their players. Mm, I think that's definitely something you and I and we can all take out of it is that it's always finding different ways to improve and and find things from other areas that you might not have looked at before but that can can help you it's probably something like yeah just delving into areas that you haven't been before that might give you a little glimpse of hope about about something that can help you yeah look I I agree I I I think one of the the biggest you know the the best parts of uh, of my job certainly and I think what everybody will find the further along they get in their you know in their um, in their career or in their progression I mean I remember I thought I knew a lot when I was you know I'd coach for a year I thought gee I know everything I'm, I'm a great coach <laughs> and and now the, the more you know the more you realize you don't know and the more that you realize you have to you know keep on top of things and read more and then you you know it's it's an amazing journey um and, you know, I, I think you always feel vulnerable. I, I certainly do I, I, because I, I don't I, – I want to be the best version of myself, I suppose, for, for everybody and I want to be able to help them 
And I don't think you can do that if you're not being the person that you're advocating of your athletes or, you know, you have to live, you know, live what you're trying to get other people to do. And I think that's, that's really important. Um, actually, you and I were talking about that this morning. I mean, I don't get the chance to play a lot of golf, but, uh, you know, I recently played in a, in a tournament back in Sydney and, and, it, and it was it was very challenging for me, and I and I came back thinking, "Wow, I've got to play. I absolutely have to learn to keep my golf skills up." I, it was a real smack in the face for me, um, um, and I've come out come out the other side and uh, been rejuvenated to go and practice a bit more. And uh, you know, I, I think that's that's been a real real positive. At the time, it felt terrible. I didn't want. I wanted to <laughs> rack the clubs and never yeah. play again. But but. Um, you know, after you know, I sat down and thought about. It, I thought, geez, this is exactly what I need to do. Um, you know, the, often the universe just gives you these opportunities, <laughs> and you you can, you know, you have one a choice to go one way or the other, don't you? Yeah, exactly. It depends which path you want to go down. Mm. But if you if you look at, I guess, some of the high performing people, whether that's in sport and business that you've been around, do you find any commonalities, sort of similar traits, in those people? Yeah, look, we certainly touched on that a little bit already, but I, I, I think, you know, the the fact that they, uh, you know, they want to obviously they want to improve themselves. I think that's an obvious one. They they're always growing with their athletes. Um, you know, I know a few of the golf coaches that are coaching very successful players. Um, you know, at the moment, I don't know whether I'm allowed to name them, but I, I will. <laughs> I, I mean, Grant Field, you know, is a good friend of mine, and and I remember we had a discussion about this. And when he started coaching Cam Smith, he said. You know, I realised you know this kid was a great player, and I needed to develop with him. And he's gone on this you know massive journey to improve himself and um, in every way, and uh, so he could be the best version of himself for Cam. You know, and and you know I, I rate that, and I think that's a very common thing in in business people that I see. I mean, I've got two mentors that I um, that I talk to two or three times a week. Um, I think that's a great thing for people to have if, you know, someone that's, you know, both of them, are, uh, one's an entrepreneurial type guy, one's, another guy's a, a business owner, um, they both love golf, but, you know, we sort of swap services, I give them lessons, they give me yeah. advice on, you know, different things, but, but I think, you know, they, um, both of them, you know, they're sending me podcasts, they're, we're swapping books, we you know, we're constantly talking about, you know, like I'm telling, you know, telling him about things that I've worked, you know, worked on with my athletes or nutrition or, I mean, it's just, it's just never ending really. And, and, and it's great then to be able to bring that information back to your own life and your own family, you know, whether it's financial stuff or nutrition or health or, you know, it's, um, and, you know, I, I think people that I work with, um, I think you migrate towards people like yourself and, uh, you know, and people who want to be like, I certainly learn stuff from them. They learn stuff from me, but, mm. but you know, the, the team that I've, of people that I got around, around me at the moment, I don't, I don't want to, you know, anybody that's not that type of person, I just don't want to waste my energy on, you know, mm. I, I just, you know, if it, if it's an athlete, you know, and they're 14 or 15 and, you know, obviously I'll definitely invest in the time in trying to help them become a better version of themselves and, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're young people haven't been exposed to too much yet. But if it's an adult, some, you know, you know they, they're often very fixed in their ways and, 
and it's very hard to change. You know, even some of the people in my family, it's very hard to change, you know, um, because they, they, they've been conditioned over, you know, 50 years to be the way they are. Just wanted to take a quick break and say that if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and subscribe, follow and rate the podcast so I can continue to make content that you enjoy and can all stay up to date. Connect with my Instagram page, Never Too Late Podcast, and pass this on to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from listening. Thank you for all your support. I really appreciate it. Now, back to the episode. You know, 50 years to be the way they are, you know, and that's not... So, now it's not saying you don't put effort in, but you certainly... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a bit easier with a 14 or 15-year-old than it is with a, you know, a few, 40 or 50-year-old. 50, 50-year-old, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good segue into sort of what I wanted to chat about with sort of fixed mindsets and growth, growth mindsets. Um, and I think it's very important to sort of cultivate, if you can, that growth mindset. I think that fixed um, mindset can, I don't know, can sort of create a bit of tension, a bit of um, th- things are meant to be this way or that way rather than that openness to learning. Um, is that something you've found as well in that growth and fixed mindset piece? Oh, for sure. I mean, I think it's it's a sort of catchy cry at the moment, isn't it? But um but a lot of people don't understand it, and certainly if you haven't read the book, um, Carol Dweck's book, Growth Mindset, it's a must. It's a must read for it, you know, for most yeah, people. Yeah, must I, read. Very good. Uh, you know, and I've met Carol um, at Stanford. Uh, she came out to Australia actually and was presenting at my daughter's school, uh, my oldest daughter's school, about education, and it was more about education around, you know, par- to parents about praising effort rather than you know, than outcome, and and I think. It really resonated with me because I, 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 you know, a lot of the time, you know, people in my life had, always, like I said before, they they praise you for outcomes and say, "Oh, you're you're amazing," you you know, "You're this, you're that," and in reality, it was just the effort that I put into things of why I, all the things I was good at are the things that I put the most effort into, and I thought, well, she's exactly right. It's not a, I'm not more talented than anybody else. I'm just I just put more effort in in that in that space, you know. I'm terrible at music because I haven't. You know, I've never played a musical instrument. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not, you know, and, and it really resonated with me because she was, she was talking about it with, um, you know, with kids, at, you know, in their, in their results. And, and if you, you know, if you got 90% in a, in a test and uh, the parents said, oh, you're so smart and you're, you know, then what happens when the next test, when the kid gets 70%, what do they think? They think, you know, I'm dumb. You know, mm. I, I'm not, I'm not any good. You know, so. But if you said you got ninety percent, and then you praise them for, geez, you you put you got ninety percent because you put so much effort into that exam. I'm so proud of you know how hard you worked on that, and you must have really focused on you know the, those questions and blah blah blah. Then if they get seventy percent in the next exam, they um you know they think oh geez I didn't really put that much effort in. I you know I deserve seventy percent. You know, um, their so, self worth isn't attached to that to to that result. Then spot on. Yeah, spot on, and that's uh, where it flows from. So, you know, I, I think that's a really good lesson for everybody. Um, you know that, you know, you'll get out what you put in. You know, and it's and it's not as simple as that. I mean, there's all the deliberate practice and all the things we talked about before, but it's not just about that. It's about how much attention and focus you put into what you're doing. It's not just about a time thing, but certainly praising effort and attention and judging yourself off that. I think regarding. You know, whether you're a professional athlete or a you know business person or, or anybody, you know you can always be honest with yourself and say, well, 
gee, I, I committed to what I was going to do and I'm really proud of what I did today, even though my result might not have been where I wanted it to be. And if I you know, work better and smarter and harder and, and get the right people in my corner and gets the best advice, then there's a good chance I'll do better the next time. Um, and that's really all we can do, isn't it? Mm. It definitely comes back to that honesty with yourself. Um, I think that can make a huge difference and something that... I guess whether it's mentors or other people, you, you can sort of learn it on yourself. But if you haven't been exposed to that thinking before, it can be a little bit difficult. But once you get exposed to that, being honest with yourself and actually thinking, oh, how did this situation go? Or why did that happen? Or how could I have done better? Then you can continue to grow on that and, and yeah, get better with it. Yeah, I think taking feedback is important too. I think a lot, it's very challenging, you know, to take feedback. Um, you know, constructive feedback from people. Like, uh, I think some of the best best growth areas that I've had in my life have been when you've we've had, you know, different three hundred and sixty degree reviews and 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 things like that, where you've had peers and people that you really care about, um, you know, have given you feedback. Like in a, they call it psychological safety, but in a safe space <laughs> where you you yeah. know it's still very confronting, but but really. You know, from that, you can go away and say, gee, I, I actually, you know, I am a bit like that. Yeah, you're right. I, um, mm. you know, I well, tend I to... You, do- you've sort of got one, one of two ways to go there. You either take the feedback and go and almost take it personally, like, oh, I don't do that or that, or why did that person say that about me? I'm not like that. Or you can take it in an open, sort of curious, like we said, way and then be like, okay, I wonder why that person's saying that. I wonder how I can maybe improve on that and then build from there. Well, it sounds easy, doesn't it? And certainly, um, <laughs> I don't think everybody, you know, it's I'm not certainly not, I'm not, it's not easy at all. And honestly, and, and there's, look, it's, you know, uh, I, I, think, I, think, I think if you come more from that space, then it, it can help. It's not easy, but if you can sort of cultivate that curiosity and, and that sort of, as we said, growth mindset around it, it can sort of help that process for you. Yeah, it's like anything. I, just, I was just about to say that. I think you, you, you learn to get better at it over time, you know, and and just, you know, trying not to react to something, um, you know, you just respond, you know, think about it <laughs> and respond, don't react. And that's a, you know, I, I've got, you know, five children and it's very hard not to react a lot of the time and, I, and I'm certainly, you know, that's you're an area I can definitely improve. And I am learning. <laughs> you're right. Uh, hopefully I get better at that shortly. <laughs> no, that's very good. If we look at how we learn as humans and sort of working things out on our own can often lead to the biggest growth areas, do you think that's something you bring to your coaching, like allowing the players to learn things out for themselves on their own? Without doubt. I mean, you know, certainly it's a bit easier with... Um, with the high performance players because they're, you know, I, I think they, they're at a stage where they, you know, they have to take ownership of, of what they do, you know, and they're going out into the big world, like whether it's the elite amateurs I work with, they're just about to turn pro and they're out, they're going to be out there by themselves a lot of the time and they, they need to have a skill, you know, skill sets um, around managing themselves and they're not going to have someone holding their hand the whole time, their parents or their coach or whatever. So, so I think it's super important to take ownership 
and get them to understand themselves, what, you know, what they do, when they perform best, all that type of thing. So, you know, with the juniors, um, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of research on this, and 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 for sure, um, you might have to guide them a little bit more. But I think telling people what to do is a is is a bad. You know, people want to be told what to do. Like they, they want it. They want it to be simple. They want to say, "Look, just tell me what I got to do, and I go do it." But the reality is, they like I say, you, you never own that. You know, whoever's told you it's just given it to you, but you never own it because you haven't worked it out yourself, and therefore you won't be able to retain it. And that's probably the biggest thing that I've found is, you know, you might have to tell a junior a few things at the start, but in the end, they still have to learn it, and then you have to challenge them to okay repeat that back to me and, and show me what you've learned, you know, and how do you go about it? How do you do it? You know, and, and then, then maybe the next day or the next week, you know, do it, let's show me again and show me again, because that's how we learn is, um, you know, is by basically learning something, forgetting it, you know, having to re repeat it again, stuffing it up, having another go, relearning it. And then, you know, it's the same as, you know, anything that we learn, that's, that, that's the process, you know, you're not just going to be told something. Oh, well, I've got that now. That's it. I, you know, it's, it's in there forever. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and and so that's why you have to, you know, you have to go away and learn it yourself. And and certainly one of the things that I advocate, you know, and I do myself, you know, is if if I get a new bit of information or you know, it might be on a new type of diet or something that you know, I'll go and try it myself before I advocate it to anybody else because I want to know that you know what questions I might get asked or how it's going to make me feel or you know and same with a golf technique or a you know new training aid or you know a new putter or whatever it, it could be anything but really I'll, I'll go and have a go myself and I'll I might even buy one and I'll go okay I gotta I gotta go buy this new putter because I gotta feel you know and, and obviously that's relevant because you've just bought one um, but I got one mainly to you know give you feedback about about mm. what we might find and um and and I think that's a you know that's a good way to go about it because then you, you you're not gonna you're learning yourself so it's a double win and then you're going to be a help help someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I've sort of noticed with how we work is you'll say, "Can you try and hit this shot for me? What do you feel? Try and hit this shot for me. What do you feel?" So then I'm going, "Oh, okay. I can sort of see where your mind's ticking, what you're trying to get me to do," and then I'm learning okay like that's what you want me to feel rather than put the club here and do this so it looks like this and there's no learning really part of that for me because or most people because you're not actually doing it yourself and i think that's something you you definitely bring with your coaching yeah i, I you know as i say i think that's you know just intuitively to me um that's a better way to go about it and i think it's a better way for me to do it when i'm you know when I'm getting coached myself, um, a lot of research is there to back that up as well. I mean, if we're trying to get a, a certain type of look, you know, it's, it's you know, you, you could be searching for that forever, um, you know, and, and it might look exactly where you, how you want it to look, but it just doesn't perform because you don't know, in the end, you don't know how to hit the shot. You don't, you mm -hmm. know, you, you, you look, it looks great, but it doesn't match to an intention of, of this, I need the ball to do this. And that's what that's what golf is. Golf's you know not about the way it looks. It's about you know matching your intention. Yeah, absolutely. So, in terms of personal development, I know I know you love um, as we've said finding new ways to grow, learn, and improve. 
do you have a, a favorite book or something that's really like you've gone back to a few times to keep getting little gold nuggets out of it? Well, that's a good question. I, I, I do a lot of reading, so it's um, <laughs> a favorite one is, is tough. It might be hard to pick one favorite, yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many. I mean, there's so many. Um, look, uh, I suppose it's just fresh in my mind because I was just reading it. I'm, I'm still in the process of reading it. But, you know, there's some pretty good books like, um, you know, the Thinking Fast and Slow. It's a really, it's a, quite a tough read. It's long, but it's, uh, it's a great book on the brain and how we learn. Um, like a lot of Mike Hebron stuff, he's got some um, Learning with the Brain in Mind is a good one. It's a, you know, related to golf, but more about the brain and how we learn I, I really enjoy those you know how we learn type um things and how we integrate the brain i, I genuinely think that you know we, do, we we understand the brain very little um and i think it's the last sort of bastion of improvement that humans don't understand yet we understand a lot of the what you know the biomechanics the physical stuff and how we do that how we do a good job of that to perform well but but the link to learning in the brain is something that is still very miss. You know, it sort of hasn't caught up with the rest of the technology. I, I truly believe that, and so I'm doing a lot of research on that type of um, that type of thing to try and you know help me and, and others as a, uh, to to start delving into that. And I know you've read a few good books. You can probably you know remember more than I can right at the moment. But um, yeah, well, it's interesting on that that space of what you were just saying and and it's it's almost like society at the moment with sort of phones and social media and all this digital stuff that maybe we're going to delve more into this brain side of things because of how it's impacting us so quickly and how so many people are getting uh, like the changes in technology happening so fast and humans don't evolve that quickly so maybe we're going to delve more into this brain sort of how we learn side of things a little bit more yeah i think so i definitely think so and you know the one thing you know the few things that they do know you know obviously we do most of our learning it when we're asleep which is um which is quite fascinating that's the sort of current theory um but it's you know backed up with a bit of science um you know so you you know reinforcing your learning um, during the day, you know, if you go and have a practice session and you, you, you get something, some nuggets out of it, obviously there's something, you know, writing it down and then, and before you go to bed, just revisiting it and saying, look, I'd really like you to remember this brain, you know, tonight, you know, I had a really yeah. good epiphany today and it was great. And, I, and, and going to sleep on that, um, I think that there's, there's some good research in that and, and, and obviously, you know, how important sleep is, you know, uh, that, I mean, there's a good book, Why We Sleep, uh, Matthew mm. Walker, that's a cracker in terms of, and they talk about learning and stuff in there. That's a, a recommended reading. Uh, how Emotions Are Made is a really good book as well. It's about how, how our emotions, uh, you know, the brain emotional connection. That's a really good one for golf. Again, tough read, but um, a fantastic book. I, I love that. Um, there's so many, there's so many good ones out there um, now, and yeah, we have access, as you said, we have access to the pod, you know, the podcasts, and so much in- unbelievable information now. It's um, there's almost not enough time and <laughs> yeah, exactly. to to read it. Um, well, there isn't enough time to read it all, but uh, but certainly you can deep dive into whatever direction you want to go um, with the information you got out there available. And and on that. I think for both of us and a lot of people, there's no end point. It doesn't 
we're not like, oh, our goal is in 20 years to have learnt X, Y, Z. There's no end point to this. It's the constant growing, the constant learning, and, oh, I want to find that piece of information that could help me and this and that. And you're always just curious and pointing, as I like to say, like pointing your ship in the right direction and making sure you're within a certain range and you're just always learning. And there's no, like, when I get to this point, it's going to be over. It's it's for the whole your whole life and, and you just want to keep improving and being the best version of yourself. Yeah, and I think the other point to add there, mate, is um, you learn from doing. I think humans learn from doing. So there's a lot of information out there, and yes, you can get, you know, you can get the information. But do you actually learn it? You don't really learn it until you put it into practice, and 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 then it reinforces that learning. And I and I think that's an important point. You know, it's mm. not just about looking at all the information you could possibly gather and trying to remember it all. And you know, that's not learning. You know, learning is going out and putting it into you know in your life. Um, making it part of it, um, as I said, you know, trying to, you know, you don't get strong by reading books on weightlifting, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and you you don't get good at golf from reading, you know, listening to podcasts about you know you, about the brain or about learning or anything like that. You know, you, you you've got to go and put that stuff into practice, mm. and then find out what how you do it and how you know. Oh, geez, I really like this pit, and you know that it doesn't really work for me, and because a lot of the science is just theory. You know, they're, they're, they're researching stuff in a closed environment. It's not a, in a practical um, sense. So you've got to be aware of that. You've got to be aware of all that sort of stuff and the biases that people bring into things. And, and, and so it's not just as simple as, oh, there's a great bit of information. Gee, I learned this now because I read 15 <laughs> books. Well, no. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's a really important point. Mm. And even that it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And what you were saying there, I read Wim Hof's book, with cold exposure and breathing and and I did a lot of the breathing techniques for a while there and I found it actually because a lot of it's like quick um, inhales and exhales I found it almost triggered more of a stress response rather than a calming response so for me that didn't work whereas some people it might work so it's trying these things and knowing that maybe it's not a one-size-fits-all but then finding what works for you like I took out of it I still do cold showers now and that's something that for me, it, it works and I really enjoy doing that and I like the challenge of it and, and it brings me to the present moment. So it, it's not one size fits all. It's just it's working out yeah, what's work, what works best for you. Yeah, look, that's a good point too. And I reckon, um, look, Wim Hof's breathing exercises would work for certain situations as well. It's mm. not, it's not a, you know, as you said, it's not one size fits all, but it's all, actually, you know, I've read his book and, you know, James Nestor's book and, uh, McEwen, uh, Patrick McEwen's book Patrick uh, McEwen, yeah. Um, yeah, as well but and all of them are similar but different but they all have uses in the right environment in the right situation they're all valuable um, but again just reading the book's not going to help you you've got to go practice it and mm. say like I know with Wim Hof's book if I'm a bit flat you know doing some of that that breathing stuff actually energizes me and makes me feel amazing and I go oh yeah you know that's, that's so so in the right situation that's that might be something that someone can use. And I actually used it um, when I was catting for one of the players. He was a bit flat in the, on the back nine. He said, oh, I haven't really got my mojo today. And and I said, all right, we're going to do some, um, just recently, when I, when I was out in the golf course, we're going to do some, you know, some faster tempo breathing, some Wim Hof stuff. And he was like, oh, man, I, you know, that was awesome. Mm. I feel, you know, it just energised him straight away. So so there's, there's always great learnings in everything if you're willing to get out there and have a go. Absolutely. So on that, I guess, what are you doing currently to grow and challenge yourself personally at the moment? 
Oh, mate, it's constant. I, I probably <laughs> um, something that I, I, I think might be of of interest to everybody. Um, you know, just that happened just recently. We had a conference up at Surfing Australia last week, um, a golf a golf Australia com- uh, forum, and and we had a trampolining um, coach come out and teach us about trampolining. It you know they had this unbelievable facility up there with. Um, you know, surfing's changed a lot. They had all the flips and things, and they got to train all these, you know, manoeuvres in foam pits and trampolines and stuff. But just the, um, you know, I think putting yourself out of your comfort zone and, um, you know, we are learning how to do flips, which, um, and I was, you know, I think everybody was, but super nervous, you know, super nervous about doing flips, even on a tramp with a coach there and with a foam pit and all that. It wasn't into the foam pit, it was just on the tramp. But, um, you know, having to, you know, I said to the guy, oh, can you give me a cue? You know, can you give me a cue of, of what? And he said, oh, look, just, just do one and, and I'll coach you afterwards. And, and I just did a backflip, like straight up, first go, um, and I landed it. And I was like, and I was completely shocked because I was so nervous and I thought I was going to, you know. Break and then a I said, or something. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, we'll do something. I don't know. But I, I landed. I was, I was shocked. But then... And then I said, oh, what about a front flip? You know, I said, and he said, oh, look, front flips are much harder. You can't see the ground. And, you know, I said, well, give me some sort of cue. You know, he said, oh, just tuck early and, you know, extend early and all this stuff. And, and I face planted, I over rotated on the first one, face planted on the, on, the, on the tramp. And then, you know, it took me four or five goes. But, but the point of the story was that, you know, I, I, you know, getting out of your comfort zone and, you know, having a go you know, in a relatively safe environment. I mean, it was, it was padding everywhere and I was, you know, foam pits and stuff. And, you, you, you know, I felt like I'm not going to die. You know, I might do a back injury or something, but, I'm, you know, you know, we had a few cuts and bruises and stuff and a few face grazes of some of the other um, staff members. But, but it was really interesting, um, you know, and I think that's, as a general rule, I think that's a really good way of doing it. I mean, just putting yourself just out of your comfort zone, whatever that is, you know, and some people weren't willing to do flips, but they were willing to do other things that were out of their comfort zone. They, they do a flip into the foam pit or they do, you know, and, and whatever it is, whatever your comfort zone is, you know, just challenging yourself just outside of that, um, that's what growth's all about. So it doesn't really matter what it is. If you hate public speaking, then, you know, get out and just talk to a stranger. Just say something, you know, to start with. And then that'll stem to a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. Um, same with golf, you know. If you're, you're comfortable playing the Australian Open, um, but you know, PGA Tour events, you know, a little bit too uncomfortable for you. Well, let's go try and qualify for a PGA Tour event. Um, mm. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And then all of a sudden, it won't be that uncomfortable anymore, and you'll be looking for a new, new challenge to push yourself. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think that's a great way to sort of end on that: getting yourself out of your comfort zone and and seeing where that is and where your your barriers are and what makes you uncomfortable. So, um, now I really appreciate you coming on, Dean. Thank you, and. Uh, Hopefully everyone will get a lot out of it, and um, I know I did as well. So thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Good on you, mate. Anytime, and uh, good luck to uh, all the golfers out there um, that are playing, you know, the pros that are playing tournaments the next few months, um, and uh, you know, the amateurs. I hope you get some Thanks.
Thank you for tuning in. This is just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice and opinions of guests are their own. If you have any questions regarding your health, be sure to seek professional medical advice.